afternoon, everyone. My name is Steve Miller, and I'm here with my good friend, Zachary Waugh, and this is the Family, Faith, and the Village podcast, and we're excited that you joined us again as we continue our talk, Zachary, uh, or a series, kind of a mini-series, I guess we've said, about uh, faith formation, really starting from the earliest ages, and we've kind of progressed each episode, and and today we, we get to... I guess young adults, um, be it those who are hitting the workforce right away out of high school, those who are heading off to college. Um, how can we as ministers, if you're a minister that's listening, how can we as parents, as members of a church, um, help our body, the members of our body that are that are that age? So this age group, if we had to put a number to it, it's probably 18 to 29 somewhere in there so i'm in the middle of this age group steve was just there a year ago or a couple years ago <laughs> that's, that's right we'll go with that. <laughs> so like steve was saying this is our fifth and most likely final week of this mini series we started all the way back with infants and the young children before they even reached school and then we went we walked through their days at school through elementary and junior high and last week we talked about those high school students and this week, in this age category, the 18 to 29, uh, so many things happen. Perhaps it's that you finally move out of the home and your child moves out of your empty nesters. Uh, or maybe it's that uh, that child goes to college and or gets a job. Or maybe they get married. Or maybe it's having to find a new church family. Uh, so many things within this age group uh, and honestly, if we're talking statistically, this is a kind of a scary age group because research says that this is the time that they most likely, if they're going to leave their faith, it's during this time frame. So, Steve, I thought maybe we could tell a little bit about our young adult experience in college and what that was like and maybe how we built our faith in those years. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and Zachary and I have similar uh, backgrounds kind of in this age range, um, both of us attending a Christian university, um, but we did not attend the same school. Um, so I think Zachary and I both may speak to, to the influence that that had uh, for each of us. Uh, we understand that not that college, first of all, any college is not for every student and every person this age. Absolutely. Um, sometimes Christian colleges don't met, match up or, or offer a degree plan or, or things like that with your family. So so by no means is a, a Christian college the, the end-all, be-all to your faith at this age. But I would not be doing it justice if I didn't say it played a huge part in the formation of my faith that I uh, did attend a Christian university. We grew up the same, <laughs> I guess, yep. somewhat. <laughs> and we both went to Christian uh, colleges, and I w spent a little over three years uh, at a Christian college. Overachiever. <laughs> it was summer classes, winter classes, okay. all that thing. Okay. And when I look back, at that time, it really did shape who I am today in regard to my faith. When I arrived at this Christian university, I was very naive in regard to my faith. I thought everyone believes a certain way, and this is the way it is. 
But that experience opened my eyes to things that I had never thought about before. And maybe it was even things that I disagreed with, but I wouldn't change that experience for anything because I think that in that, it helped grow my faith and make sure that I knew and could reiterate what I believed in. And it made me really dig down and get back to get back to the Bible and get back to the text and just really strive to find what are those pillars in my life and my faith? What are those things that I'm going to rely upon? Uh, because in college you hear, and in just young adulthood, whether you don't go to college or you do, you hear so many different things. So what's your foundation going to be in my experience with the Christian university is it helped me build that foundation. Absolutely. And, you know, Zachary was a, a ministry or a Bible major. I was not. Uh, and yet some of those same formation things happen. So again, it's not just because at a Christian university, maybe you take a few more Bible classes or things. Um, it was about so much more. It was about um, the community and and having conversations with people uh, who maybe didn't believe exactly like you believed or maybe didn't believe what you believed at all. Right. Because sometimes right. there's that misconception that you go to a Christian university and everyone there is a Christian or everyone there grew up in the same faith group or denomination or whatever yep. the case may be. And uh, that's just not the case with the nature of the right. of a learner now. Uh, you have various every, I don't know what the range of freshman ages was even when I was in a freshman in college, but it was wide. It wasn't just a bunch of 18-year-old kids who'd grown up the same way. Yep. Um, and to your point, and I think you you were spot on, uh, one of the first things I had written um, was keep it simple. So if you're that, that family that's helping uh, your student that may be going off to college, maybe going off to work, maybe going off to the military, um, this time leading up to this, if you're a, a church member or a minister who's got kids this age that you want to help, I really believe, and I, I can't necessarily give the scientific data on this, but man, get back to the basics before they get out the door. Um, keep it simple. There's those keep it simple, stupid type books and yeah, things like that. Right. Um, I would almost go backwards at this point where as we've gone through this, we've talked about that early stage. We talked about the storybook Bibles. And then the next stage, we talked about an easy to read type Bible. I think when we hit middle school, we talked about adding some dictionaries and some concordances yep. that tied into your Bible study. And then last week we said, you know, high school might be a good time to grab one of those books by so many great authors that's kind of a companion study. Man, <laughs> it sounds silly, but I'd go as far back as I could to the basics at this point. Drive home. Right. There is a God. God has immense power. God has immense love. Yep. And really, you said foundation, I think, was a word you put out there. And I think focusing on that, not necessarily the intricacies of exactly what you believe as a parent and trying to get that to your student before they're out the door or at work or on their own, but what the Bible says about these things. And so um, I would say my book recommendation if you will for this age is just be in the word um it'll help you uh, as that someone in that age group it'll help you as someone who has family in that age group to be grounded and ready for some of those things that come along some of those questions 
and concerns. I would I would put this also in the category of man, don't lose that last summer, if you will. Again, if if it's work, if it's college, if it's military, you're getting to a point where that 18, 19, 20 year old yeah. is moving out right. and moving on their own. So whatever that last summer is for you, maybe maybe you're one of those parents in the last summers at 28. I don't know. <laughs> but <Let's> use, <laughs> use that final uh, summer. Help them find leadership opportunities. Help them find mission trips, camps, um, service projects. And absolutely get your get you if you're someone listening from a church right now, get your members that are this age teaching. And maybe it's the youngest kids, but get them teaching and active in your church that way. Because I, I don't know about you, Zachary, but even when I'm preparing a lesson for toddlers i sometimes learn things or catch things that i hadn't thought about um, or when i'm pre- preparing an adult class just that study and preparation for teaching serves back kind of to that back to the basics right. Um, right so so that was one thing i have is whatever that final summer is whatever that final season is that you have uh these these people in your church or in your home um man don't don't lose that last summer you think about when you started out you know, going to church as a young child. And we talked about this in our first faith building in this first part. We talked about telling them the stories and telling them the stories. And as a kid, we talked about how we just soaked those up. We just loved those stories. I think once we get to this age group, it's time to fall back in love with the stories of the Bible. I agree completely. Yeah, because the further I remove the further and further away I get from the basics of the Bible, from Jesus and who he is and all the stories around Jesus and all the stories of the great people of faith and just stories of creation and things like that, the further I get removed from that, the more difficult it is for me to truly love what's in there. The more gray areas there become, the more times in my mind where I think, well, you know what, this could be a little bit different than the way I grew up. Maybe, well, why does it say this here and this there? Go back to the basics, fall in love with the scripture, fall in love with the God who inspired everything that's written in there. Uh, I think you're spot on with that. Uh, And this is a time, I'm assuming this is a time, this is hypothetical. I don't have a kid who is in college but I'm assuming this is a time where you find out if your child has a faith of their own versus, you know, if they're just had your faith this whole time. Uh, and that could be terrifying. It's uh, I've got don't have one in this age group yet either, but but got kids that are getting there faster than than I can imagine. And then not even like to think about. And, and I and I think that's correct. I think this is a time when when you start really seeing your own faith, it's not just because my parents do a devotional at night or just because right but if you've done those things don't stop doing them um man this age is all about routines whether you're starting a job or whether you go off to college you're gonna have a daily routine and if it's if it's at a school somewhere it's gonna your classes are this time and meals are this time and library and study. And before you know it, it's 3 a.m. and you're tra- drifting off to sleep to do it all again. If you're hitting the workforce right away out of high school, man, job is is about as routine as it gets. And it's something to, it's totally different yep. even than school. 
So while you're in this stage of life, when these routines start to take over, don't lose those routines that, that your parents, your church family, whatever it may be, have instilled in a daily thing, a weekly thing. Man, focus on the spiritual routines just like you do your work schedule, your class schedule, things yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. These routines are so important. And we talked about it, and Steve has said this often throughout this podcast, the faith that you have is most likely the faith that your child is going to end up with. So it all comes back to you as, are you as a parent, as a minister, as someone who is mentoring one of these students, is your faith one that you would want them to have? We've said in almost every episode, probably since we started, even with our introduction um, and talking about our intentions of this podcast being something that people could use as a resource because we want to build faith in all of these things, faith uh, within our families, faith within our village or the world around us and the community. And man, it's scary when you think about it, it really comes down to what you're modeling, but it really comes down to what you're modeling. And, uh, and so we've said that every time, but, but, but you are correct to point it out again. And this is, like we said at the very beginning, this is an age group where so many things are bound to happen as far as are they going to keep their faith? Are they going to run away from the faith that they grew up with? And I just want to share a few statistics with you. And this is a book that is called Faith for Exiles. It's from David Kinneman who is the president of the Barna Research Group. He's written a couple books that I know Steve and I both have in our office. Uh, and then also by uh, Mark Matlock. And they, this book is all about surveying those who stayed with the faith in their 18 to 29-year-olds. These are percentages of 18 to 29-year-olds who grew up Christian. And out of these 18 to 29-year-olds that grew up Christian, 22% of them do not identify as Christian. Okay, so these are people who grew up in church. They had parents, no doubt, that took them to church. 22 don't identify. 30% of, the, of that age group identify as Christian but have not attended church during the past month. And the vast majority of these of this 30% has not attended church within the past six months. And then 38%, and this is a group as ministers or as elders, you know this group well, and they title this group the habitual churchgoers. So the people that identify as Christian who have attended church at least once in the past month, yet don't meet foundational core beliefs or behaviors associated with being an intentional, engaged disciple. And then here's this last percentage, 10%. 10% of 18 to 29-year-olds are resilient disciples. They're people who attend church at least monthly and engage with their church more than just attending worship service. They trust firmly in the authority of the Bible. They're committed to Jesus and affirm he was crucified and raised from the dead to conquer sin and death. And they express desire to transform society as an outcome of their faith. So just 10% is, that's what we're trying to raise. We're trying to raise that 10%. And that's just alarming. That's not just a percentage of this country. That's percentage of this country that 
goes to church, that grew up as Christian, and it's still just 10%. That's uh, scary. And, yeah. it's, and it's hard when you are that parent, when you are that minister, when you are that church member who takes an interest in these people and does things. And yet, um, you know that those statistics are what they are. So, so what do we do? How do we do things? Well, Zachary, um, and again, we've said this in each episode, the things that we put out aren't uh, the end all be all. They're not a magic bullet. Right. Um, but they, we hope to spur some thought. We hope to encourage some action. As we've said often, just doing something is going to have a huge impact. Um, so, so take these ideas, take these thoughts that, that we've put out there in previous um, podcasts and, and today and find one that works for you. And if you don't hear anything today, may, if we do nothing else, maybe we spark you to go look for one that does work. But uh, a few things as I read and, and looked at things, Zachary mentioned um, a few words in there, I think deliberate and intentional and things like that. One of the things I think you can do best for people of this age, um, whether it's your family or a, a church member, um, and do things in person. This is an age, and and especially now, we're, we've got people hitting that 20 mark, who 20 years old mark, I should say, that and a tablet, a device has been with them their whole, their whole lives. life. Yep. And, um, and we gotta, we've got to encourage in-person activities. Um, I get that social media is social, but it's not interpersonal. It's not um, what we need as humans. It's a great tool mm-hmm. and it's a great resource and it can be fun and funny and encouraging even, but it has a, a dark side, just like personal interaction. So it, it, it doesn't fix everything. And man, steer uh, your friends, your children, your coworkers in this age group to in-person uh, activities, I think will serve them not just spiritually, but uh, socially and mentally and Absolutely. physically as well. So uh, that was a big one that I had. Uh, another one, and then again, this goes to that deliberate word, we have to communicate to people this age that course correction is okay. And it's okay that it happens all the time. If if you're someone who flies a lot or if you're someone who act not just as a passenger, maybe you're someone who likes to fly. Maybe you've taken a pilot's license or class. Maybe you sail or you're out on the boat. Man, if, we, if pilots, if captains never made course corrections in what's what's the flight from here to Dallas something silly like 23 oh, minutes yeah maybe even you face wind you face weather you face things yep. you have to make corrections and sometimes I think this age group you're leaving home and at least I thought I had everything figured out right and you don't and right. it's okay that you don't and just you've got to make the course corrections and so I think making sure that we communicate that to this age group whether it's our children or kids from our church or, or young adults or coworkers, um, it, it's going to happen often. You're going to have to readjust. You don't have to know everything and have your life squared away when you walk out that door or when you walk into your first place of your own or whatever it may be. Um, so encourage course corrections, I think, is, is a big one. Uh, one other thing, I'll throw it back over to you, but this is also an age group of... Uh, great activity we talked about that i think in middle school students 
just their ability to act and do and serve. Um, and I think in your 20s, you know, those late teens and 20s, and that's a great active age as well for doing and serving. So community organizations and you, if you're someone at college, there's probably a campus ministry of some sort. Taking part in all of those things is awesome and it's going to help you. But don't let those things become church. If you're serving with, um, you know, a great Meals on Wheels or, or all these great entities that do Christian things, things we're called to do, don't let those replace church for you. Like your parents took you every, you know, three times a week. If it was my right. house, Sunday morning, yep. Sunday night, Wednesday night, yep. um, get active, do those things, do those things in person. But the university where we're at, Mustangs for Christ, isn't your church. It's another tool in your toolbox. Right. Make right. sure you're still focused on what Absolutely. you're doing with a church family. Yeah as well yeah and you you brought up the great point of changing directions right don't be afraid to change directions it's amazing how many people freshmen at college they change their majors within that first semester they immediately start something they've always dreamed of doing or i guess the right term now is dreamt of doing and they go there and they find out wait a second you know nursing is pretty hard that first semester of biology kills a lot of people Organic where I chemistry. went. Oh, I mean, and they change it. And you're absolutely right. I think we have to be okay with that. And I think as a parent, I think it would help to just encourage them at that moment. Reassure them, hey, everything's going to be okay. And also check up on them to make sure that they still uh, realize that this isn't God doing something bad to them. This right. isn't something uh that he's punishing you for some reason check to make sure that they still have their faith they're still praying they're still reading the bible uh they're still doing all those things because when something changes like that i think it's so easy for us to just assume that it's bad and it's for the bad and to kind of run away from god uh and i would caution parents to just Hey, watch out for that a little bit. You start looking back on things in your 20s. And Zachary, I know you're still there. But my wife and I talk all the time. Some of the things that we looked at as the hardest times, the worst times, the toughest things. You look back and so much growth happened at that time. Um, spiritually, you know, we it drove us closer to God and things like that. So so don't neglect those opportunities to, to see God in those course corrections, changing directions. And don't misunderstand the fact that while those are happening in your just daily life, things like your major, they're going to happen in your spiritual life too. Yeah. And and it's okay in both places. And, and to your point, uh, we have to encourage, um, you know, this age is going to respond far better and really any age, probably encouragement versus that pressure. You know, you've got to balance pressures needed sometimes right. pressures needed in work pressures yep. needed in parenting. But you have to balance it. Uh, someone uh, talking to someone else this week about something totally different, but they use that analogy of, you know, it's the sandwich. Good, bad, good. You know, focus on yeah. if, if you've got to talk about the hard things and the pressure, make sure you put some good in there, too. And I think that's huge um, at this age as well, as well as um, you kind of touched on it just now. But we've talked about, you know, having a consistent plan for doing a family thing. Um, when you've got your kids at home, 
I think a consistent plan for keeping in touch, and again, not just text, not just FaceTime, but right. but okay, we're gonna talk every Wednesday, and we're gonna try and see each other once a month, you know, depending on what's going on. Uh, setting some of that stuff up and planting the seed of that with your children before they leave the house is gonna be huge, I think, as well, uh, to help that family that's trying to help their yep. student. I think so too young adult that's at work yeah for sure and a big thing in this age group 18 to 29 year olds is mental health right especially at college uh and just in general you're on your own you're starting something new at a new place and you you're trying to learn uh how to find new friends and all these different things and a lot of times this is where depression levels rise or anxiety or things like that check up on them regularly uh encourage them uh and maybe maybe do some of that in person too uh go visit them i realize some people don't have that luxury if they're so far away uh but check up on them and i i wrote down steve just a few things specifically how do you build faith as a young adult uh so not for the parents of these children but specifically from our viewpoint, how do you build faith as that young adult? And the first thing I wrote down, I believe this was the best advice that I received before I went to college, was this, find a church family and get involved. And that's what you were just talking about, that don't let these other clubs or organizations or things replace that church family. Uh, building faith is difficult by itself, but trying to do so alone that's almost impossible. Right? I put, we need that family. I put in my notes, I had find a village. Yep. I mean, find that that group that you can worship with, that you can, um, because as we said, you're going to interact with people who agree on some things, disagree on some things, but it's okay to find a group of people that agree on most things and, and put yourself in yeah. that environment. And above and beyond that, if you find a village, if you find that church and that community that you really um, click with and feel like it's going to build your faith to be a part of that group and find a mentor within that group, find somebody absolutely that, that can be that um, litmus test for you yep. when, when you can't get on the phone with a parent. And again, that works whether you're at college, whether you're at work, whether you're in the military, you can find these people, but you have to look. So again, that, that comes back to some of those words that you talked about in being intentional. Um, and it's, it's hard to do. But the fact of the matter is when you leave home and, and you're on your own life, life gets hard and you can make it a lot easier by doing some of these hard things first. Don't wait for the group or the mentor to come to you. Go out and find, yeah. find them, find the church, Absolutely. find a mentor within that church. And I was listening to a podcast not too long ago. And it says, sometimes if you ask someone to be your mentor, they're scared because that's a daunting task. And the guy's point was ask someone to coffee and, and say, Hey, I got a few questions. Do you mind if I ask you? And without realizing it, they have become your mentor. Uh, so you could trick them a little bit in doing that, I guess. <laughs> Walking backwards. Into <laughs> yeah. The deal. Uh, so find a church family and get involved. Very important. The second thing I put building faith as a young adult is to pursue God above all else. 
in college and young adult, you're finally starting to, uh, you're going to have a job. You're going to start making money. You're going to hear a lie that money matters most. And I think we have to resist that. And I think that's a strong temptation is to pursue wealth above everything. And in doing so, I think a lot of times we really jeopardize our faith. But when we realize we're going to put faith first, maybe it shuts down a couple options that you were thinking or pursuing. But that's not a bad thing, especially in the end. Not at all. And it goes right in uh, line with something else that I had down, something I hadn't honestly even thought about until I was out kind of reading and looking at some mm-hmm. things with this age group. Um, and the note that I have is purge your things. Yeah. So this is that time. Now, again, you're going off to work or going into your own place or going off to college. There might be things you have to buy to, in order to get by. Maybe you need that small fridge now. I think that's a popular one or your own television or whatever it may be. But man, you're going to realize how many things are your parents' house, how many things that you have that you don't need that that do take up that time, that do create a different focus, maybe on the wealth, on the material. So as a parent, this is, I think, something you can do to help or as that person that's in this age group, purge your stuff and really kind of, again, go yeah. back to the basics of what do I really need right. to get by with work right now, yep. to get by with school right now. Maybe I don't need to take the xbox and the playstation and the off to wherever i'm going you know leave one at home so when you come back and visit your parents you've got something to do (laughs) i don't know what it is but right but purge your things this is a a time in life when when minimizing some of that stuff is okay and i think it'll help you really see what you need versus what you want what is god's plan versus your plan all kind of ties into to purging some of that material stuff uh, at this stage of life Absolutely. I remember going to college, moving into the dorm room, and I had a couple of like cool gadgets, just things that I hypothetically may use. I never used them. In fact, some of them are still to this day in the back of my trunk, and I just never used them. So you're right. I think that's spot on. I think one of the things that we've consistently said throughout all of the all of these age groups and really throughout your entire life, two things that are going to help you build faith, read the Bible, pray. It's something that follows you all the days of your life. So the last thing I had was prayer. Yeah. And now if you're someone in this age group, um, it's on you. And what even if it's something as simple as starting every morning and ending every night with a prayer, whatever you need to do. Um, this age group, I fully believe those numbers would be totally different if we as a church, if we as ministers, if we as parents instilled a better understanding of a prayer life in, in our the world around us before they get to this age and yep. while even while they're in it again maybe it comes back to that course correction yep you know maybe maybe it's breaking down during the day and praying maybe it's finding a time but but and to your point we've said it in everyone but but being in the being in the word and praying about your life about god's plan about your family and the village around you is going to serve you and your children Pray, man, pray for your kids. And I've said children 
multiple times, even though we're talking about a group in their 20s. <laughs> right. Please understand, no matter how old you are, you are still your parents' children. Like they're still your parents. And, and right. so I say that and even, even my 16 year old maybe doesn't like being thrown in with my children or a child, but it's, it's out of that, that love and that desire to just shepherd your life that, that that's going to happen. So don't mean to offend any 20 somethings out there as I've <laughs> talked about children uh, today, but, but man, read your, the song we sing with our toddlers, hey, read your read Bible, Bible pray every day. day. Grow, grow, grow. It's so spot on, though. It really <laughs> is. It's foundational. That's that's the keys to growing your faith. It really, really is. Steve, I just had a, a two more things. Uh, one other thing, I think, building faith as a young adult. Listen to those who have done it before. Uh, resist the urge to be a know-it-all and to think that you're a know-it-all. I know when I went to college, I was learning so much and experiencing so much. I moved from a city of 800 to a city of 80,000, 80,000 plus. And it was a big change for me. And I thought I knew everything. Listen to those people who have gone before you and have done the same things you're doing. There's a lot of wisdom in Two that. Two ears and one mouth, right? So we should yeah. be listening twice as much. That's exactly right. Two resources I had for young adults and really I would recommend these uh, two books for anybody, parents, any Christian. Uh, one is Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. Anything he writes is going to be good to read. But this book in particular uh, and some of the unknowns that you may have as a parent about this young adult age group or you may have as a young adult. This book really gets back to the basics. What is church supposed to be? according to scripture. And then the second book is Radical by David Platt. I had to read this book for a class when I was at the university, and it really, really helped my faith in realizing that in America especially, we're living the dream. And Christ calls us to sacrifice and to give things up. In this book, it would really eliminate that urge to make money your idol and your God in your life. And he does a really good job. So those two books, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, Radical by David Platt. And I think they'd be very much worth your uh, little bit of money and time for sure. Two great ones, Zachary. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts, we've thrown out other facts, other figures, uh, thrown out even a handful of other books, uh, great references and resources. So if you've missed those, go back and listen to them. Uh, even maybe if you don't have somebody that falls into whatever age group we might be talking about uh, in some of those previous podcasts, uh, there are some great recommendations for reading and uh, some things to check out. So uh, two more uh, great references there. Uh, so thank you, Zachary, for sharing those. Uh, please uh, look for us on, uh, let's see, Audible, Spotify, Google, and Apple. Uh, if you have found us and you like what you hear, please let us know and uh, reach out and let somebody else know. Because I guarantee you, if you're looking for this type of information, somebody else is as well. Absolutely. We thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again next week.